Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus. Amen. I tell you again, today he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. We continue in the season of Easter. This is the second Sunday after Easter. And even this day, April 15th, 2018, Jesus has still really risen from the dead. He is truly this day ruling and reigning as risen Lord and Savior. So during these Sundays of Easter, I'm preaching on a topic called Easter Effects. And each week we're, we're looking at an aspect of our lives and how Easter affects our lives, the reality that Jesus has risen. How does that affect us? Each week, uh, we, are, we are putting together a, a, a different color. Our, we have a director of communications, Bryant Weathers, and he helps uh, create some of the graphics that you see and helps a lot with different communication things. And when putting this together, he thought, well, let's do a lot of different spring-themed colors, you know, for Easter and spring and stuff. So, um, you know, on this uh, beautiful wintry day, we've got some spring colors for you. Uh, because you think about it, Easter is the thing that brings color into our lives. It is, it is the thing that paints a beautiful picture in this often dark and bleak and sin-filled world. And so today you get the color pink. We're going to look at the color pink as we talk about how Easter affects our families. How Easter affects our families. So today in 1 John chapter 3, we read these words, but I want to read them again for you. The first three verses says this. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Now this passage here in 1 John, and 1 John in particular, it deals with this relationship that we have as, as people with our Heavenly Father. And so that's what we see John establishing here, is that God is our Father and we are God's children. We are God's children. And how does this say that we become God's children? We are God's children, why? Because God says so. And when God speaks his word, things happen. This is what we find out in the scripture. When God speaks, things happen. So when God says, you are my child, guess what? You are his child. You are his child. And how do you become his child? The fact that God created you and that God redeemed you, that he saved you through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And we simply get all of this. We get all of this through the gift of faith. Now this is the truth of Christianity, and this is what sets Christianity up against other religions. In Christianity, we as creatures, as human people, have an actual, real relationship with the God who created us. This is not just an idea in our minds. It's not just something that we have contrived or even something that we have earned for ourselves. We have an actual real relationship with the Almighty God through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As Christian people, we are part of a family of God. 
Here at Saints Peter and Paul, we even say we are a vibrant and growing family of God, truly and fully alive in Christ. It's who we strive to be. We believe that as Christian people, we are part of a family of God, and Easter affects this family. Easter affects Easter. The reality of Jesus' resurrection is why we are a family of God. But we come into this family also as people of our own families, of individual families. And so what I want to talk about today is the fact that Easter also affects our families. It affects every relationship in our families. It affects us as spouses. It affects us in our relationship with our own parents. It affects us with our siblings. But in most uh, particular, what I want to talk about today is the fact that Easter affects the way that we raise our children. Easter affects the way we raise our children. Now, I know some of you sitting in this room uh, do not have children. Some of you w may never have children. Some of you, your children are grown and moved out of the house. If, if that's the case, if you've never had children or, or you're not currently raising them, I'm, I'm not asking you to tune out, okay? Today is still incredibly practical for you. And for you, I, I think you could even think about what I'm, I'm going to say and, and think about how this was demonstrated to you as, as a child in your home. How did your parents demonstrate this to you? But also in this larger family of God, every one of us have a role and a responsibility to faithfully model the Christian faith to the younger generations, okay? So every one of us can hear this word today. But what I want to say particularly to those that, of you that are raising children, no matter, no matter their age, but particularly if they're young, your primary responsibility in this life as parents is to point your children to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Your primary responsibility as parents is to point your children to the reality of Jesus' resurrection. To first look at the love of God in Jesus Christ and then to live it out, to model it as you live your life. So what I want to do today is talk about this two-step process that as parents we can do first to live and then to love. To, I'm sorry, to look and then to live. To look and then to live. First to look at the resurrection of Jesus and then to live in it. To look at what Jesus has done and then to live in it and to live it out. First of all, let's take these one by one. First of all, look at what Jesus has done. Those very first words in 1 John chapter 3 were this, and you can look at them again. In our translation, it said this, See what kind of love the Father has for us. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. Now, that's an accurate translation, but it doesn't really get across kind of the emotional sentiment that's written in the original Greek. In the Greek language, more likely this could be translated something like, look at this kind of love. Just take a look at this. Would you please, if you want to see love, just, just take a look at this kind of love. Just take a look. Look right here. And it's because of Jesus' resurrection that we can look at the love of God and say, take a look at this kind of love. Here's why. Because our God is not just a distant God. He's not a God that's out there somewhere. We have a God that is very near to us. God came into this world to seek and to save us who were lost. He came into this world to save the world from its sins. 
Jesus died on the cross, but we know the story. Jesus did not remain dead. He rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and has promised that he will come again to make all things new. And until the day he comes, he is with us, very really with us, to forgive us and give us new life. Now, those of you who are parents, parents of earthly children, our responsibility is day in and day out to say to our children, look at this kind of love. Look at this kind of love. Look at this kind of love. This is the kind of love that I want to emulate to you. It's a perfect kind of love. Look at how God loves all of us. I, as your parent, I am not perfect. And you, as my child, you are not perfect. But here's the deal. Our God loves us so much that he would die and rise for us and promise to give us new life, forever life with him. It is our responsibility, parents, to point our children first and foremost all the time to the resurrection of Jesus Christ and to say, look, kids, look at this kind of love. Look at this kind of love. And then after that, the next step would be to live. To live in the reality of Jesus' resurrection, but then to also live it out in the way that we model ourselves and our behavior, to live it out. I already said it, but I'm going to say it again. Parents, your primary responsibility with your children in this life is to point them to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because without the resurrection of Jesus, nothing else that you do as parents matters. Okay? Nothing else you do has eternal significance. It doesn't matter as parents what kind of quality of life you want to provide for your children what kind of activities you involve them in, or, or frankly, even what kind of character you want them to develop in them. Without the resurrection of Jesus, all of that stuff is just temporary. But with the resurrection of Jesus, all of those things have eternal significance and deep meaning. And the best way, parents, that your children will learn about the meaning and the power of God's love in Jesus Christ is how they look at you and how you live it out. The way that you, parents, live the love of God affects the faith of your children dramatically. Dramatically. There is no single indicator that is greater for creating ongoing faithfulness in your children than the way that you live the love of God. Here's what I mean. It's even statistically proven. Our church body, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, hosts a national youth gathering every three years. Some of the youth sitting here uh, were there uh, just two years ago, um, and there's another one happening next year. About 30,000 youth get together. At the last National Youth Gathering, a survey was done of the young adults that were at that National Youth Gathering. And the, the, those young adults were asked this question. They were asked, who, who has had the greatest impact in your spirituality, in your spiritual life? Who has had the greatest impact in your spiritual life? Do you know what the overwhelming response was among young adults? Their parents. Their parents. Some, um, some other young adults did mention other meaningful uh, uh, adults in their lives. Some mentioned that a pastor was the most influential, a youth director, a teacher, or, or another adult in their lives. But nothing in that report comes close 
to the amount that young adults said their parents. And I don't know if we ask the young adults here what you would say, but I would reason a guess that your parents had a significant impact in developing your faith life. An interesting note in this, no young adults really said that their peers had the most significant effect on their spiritual life. Okay? Maybe some did, but it's a very small number. They don't say that their peers have an effect. They have the, it's the adults in their lives, particularly their parents, who affect their spiritual development. On top of that, it was asked to those young adults who are still actively involved in the church, still worshiping, still volunteering. It was asked them, so not only do you still believe in Jesus, but you're still actively involved in a church. Why are you still involved? And do you know what the number one response was? It was this, we have parents who actively practice the faith and we have healthy relationships with our parents in which we are comfortable talking with them about our faith and our doubts. Do you hear that, parents? Do you hear it? Those of you who are raising children, it it doesn't matter what age, even even if your, your kids are older, they are looking to you to lead them. It is your job. You have a high calling as parents. You made them, right? It's your job, your calling by God Almighty to disciple them, to teach them, to live the faith of Jesus Christ in front of them. You cannot simply leave it up to chance. You cannot just leave it up to your children to experience this world and figure it out on their own. If you do that, Satan will have a heyday with them and will make their life very complicated. Think about it like this, parents. You make all kinds of decisions for your children in this life, right? You tell them what kind of food to eat that's good for them. You tell them in weather like this to bundle up and dress warmly. Do you not? Right? I I would say what is the one thing that has eternal significance? Faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You need to tell your children about this. And not just tell them about it, but to live it out to live it, to experience it along with them. Easter affects your family. Easter affects your family for eternity. What we learned here in this lesson from 1 John chapter 3 is that what we have in this present life, what we have with our families right now, is what we have. For better or for worse, what we have right now is kind of what we have. But... Here's what John said today. What we have is not the end. This is not it. No matter how good things get or no matter how bad things get, this is not the end. There is more to come. There is more to come. There is hope in the one who is to come again. John says that. You can read it. 1 John chapter 3. Jesus is coming again. We have hope in him. And so I ask you as parents raising your children, are you simply just going to live for today? Just live for today just to, to satisfy the desires of today? Or are you going to live as though the reality of Jesus' resurrection is true? And will you hold on to the hope for a better tomorrow because a better day is coming? Will you look to the love of God in Jesus Christ and will you live it out with your children? Will you hold on to his promise that more is yet to come? That more is yet to come. I want to show you a little video to demonstrate this and to talk about the fact that we need to wait 
that more is coming. Take a look at this. I think we can all relate. Okay, sit in that chair. All right, here's the deal. Marshmallow, for you. You can either wait, and I'll give you another one if you wait, or you can eat it now. When I come back, I'll give you another one. So then you'll have two. But stay in here and stay in the chair till I come back, okay? okay. All right. I'm gonna go do something and then I'll come back. It smells yummy. Oh, it smells really good. You can have it now or you can wait. Okay? I'll be back. Stay in the chair, okay? Okay. So I'm gonna leave and then I'll come back, okay? So you can either eat it right now or you can wait. Either way, okay? Okay. How'd you do? Did you do good? You did? Yeah. You wanted to eat it, didn't you? Yeah. So did I tell you to give you another one? Okay, now you can have both. You need them. <laughs> Parents, you know, as we, as we live this life right now, and this is for all of us, there's this, as John describes, a, a now and not yet reality of what it means to be children and, and to be parents. What we have now as, as Christian people is, is full sonship and daughtership in the family of God. Okay? When, when God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees you through what Jesus has done for you. You belong to him. You have direct access to the Father. What you have now is, is that fullness of life in Jesus Christ. And yet, even with that, even with that, there is more to come. 
John says, those who hope in him purify themselves as he is pure. We have hope that when Jesus comes again, we will see him as he truly is in all of his perfection. In all of his perfection. Jesus has said that he's coming back. He knows. He knows he's coming back, just like that lady knew she was going to come back. He's coming back. He's going to. Yet we oftentimes get anxious We get anxious, we get worried, and we think, man, maybe this is all there is. I'll just live for today. I'll just take matters into my own hands. But that's not true. There's more to come. Don't you want your children, parents, to experience what God has promised all of us in eternal perfection? Don't you want to see your children in eternity? Then first look to Jesus. Look at the love that God lavishes on us and then live in it, model it, demonstrate it, live it out, lavish love on your children. And you have ongoing opportunities to do this in every single aspect of your lives. Just think about it. In times of great joy, you can remind your children that it is God who gives us joy. And you can remind them that on the day that Jesus returns, there will be even greater joy. That in the greatest joy we have today, it's not even as great as the joy we will have for eternity. You can remind your children that in their times of deep sadness and worry, that Jesus is the one who's overcome all of that sadness. Yet even in the midst of that sadness, the effect of Easter is this, that in the, in the midst of sadness, Jesus is with you and he weeps with you. Parents, even in the times when you need to discipline your children, the effects of Easter are there with you. And you can remind your children of the love of God in Jesus Christ, that none of us are perfect, that none of us deserve this love of God, and yet he gives it to us anyways. You have ongoing opportunities day in and day out to point your children, to say, look at this kind of love, and then to model it and to live it out. I pray parents, I pray, family of God, whoever you are, that we would all live and that we would model for one another and especially for the young that there is more to this life than now because Jesus has won it for us. There is hope for a better day. There's hope in Jesus, true hope and lasting hope, and it's all because of Easter. Easter affects us. Easter affects our families. Easter affects our whole lives. Go in that hope in Jesus Christ of Jesus. Easter affects us in his name. Amen. Amen.